Adjust the audio level a little bit, fix it in post, all that fun stuff. Are we ready to rock and roll? I think we are. Okay. All right, here we go then. Yeah. Hey, home theater nerds. Welcome to the Bright Side Home Theater Podcast. The home theater podcast that's all about the experiences, the sights, the sounds, the scenes. Yeah. Now that I've took the time to make those, <laughs> this is, uh, this is November's Takeover Tuesday, where the listeners truly take over the podcast. And I'm just going to talk about all the, uh, not all, most of the interactions from the month, uh, emails, YouTube exchanges. Um, I don't think any Twitter information got noted this month. Uh, a lot of great Twitter conversations over there, but sometimes it has to be really like topical or outstanding for me to like make a note. Otherwise just go to Twitter and you can see the conversation there. Um, but yeah, I don't think any made it in this month. Uh, so I uh, hope everybody had a great Thanksgiving uh, anywhere in the world, because if you didn't have a great Thanksgiving, hopefully you had a great Thursday, you know, if you're not in the United States celebrating Thanksgiving last Thursday. So, uh, so yeah, I hope everybody had a great Thursday last week. Uh, I did a uh, little, little too much indulgence on the, uh, the old Turkey, uh, my local restaurant also, uh, gave us a turkey um you know the my favorite restaurant uptown they wanted to support my wife and I and they were like we got an extra one cuz they made turkeys for people and they had plenty of extra so they gave us like a 23 pound turkey for the two of us so i had turkey day then my wife and i cooked that on saturday as our like while we were decorating the tree to get that nice smell in the house and uh so we partook yet again on on Saturday. Uh, so that was nice weekend, uh, relaxing a little bit as, as relaxing as it can be. Uh, so, but exciting to sit down here with you guys. Uh, I had a great conversation today with a friend of mine on, on the phone, home theater conversation. Um, and it, it just a lot of fun, a lot of just we could just go on for hours, can't we? And that's, that's why I do this show. That's why I came up with this show, uh, sight, sound scenes. But then, you know, once you get going, you can't stop. Uh, so luckily we don't have to pay for our cell phone bills anymore. Like we used to 30 years ago, you paid for your minutes cause I'd really be screwed. Um, so. But yeah, so had a great conversation and a couple of topics came up. Something I think I've never mentioned on the show before. Uh, and it was something like, so we were talking about the difference between expensive gear and, and, you know, not expensive gear and what you need and what you don't need. And one of the things I, I realized while talking to him is I was like, you know, I'm like, I've bought a lot of gear in my life, but I don't. I don't buy a lot. Um, I don't buy and sell. I have most of my gear, but what it was is, so this, this, I'm in the demographic of like, I, I can't afford to make mistakes, right? So 
what I mean by that is it's like, so people look at like, let's put it into a sports, uh, uh, analogy here. And, um, the Red Sox and the Yankees, uh, everybody in baseball was jealous of the Red Sox and Yankees because they seem and seemingly had an unlimited budget, right? And it's one thing if you want to spend a lot of money, uh, on something, you, you, that's fine. Anybody can spend a lot of money on something, but, when they spend a lot of money and it doesn't work out the way they wanted, does it hurt? And with the Red Sox and Yankees, it didn't, right? And, or doesn't, they can just spend the money. They, they're not hurting for cash flow, right? And it, it, but then you have the other teams, the smaller market teams where it's like, man, we can go and spend all that money, but then we're hurting for years, because we blew our budget and now to recoup that money, uh, to stay within the sports franchise, sports analogy, I, I saw this firsthand. The Bruins, Boston Bruins, that is, back in the 90s, they spent the money to go get Kevin Stevens. And at the time, I think it was a $25 million deal or something. And Harry Sinden, who was the GM at the time, it, at the end of the day, Kevin Stevens was, you know, at the end of his career, and it didn't really work out for the Bruins the way it did for the Penguins when he was there at the time. Great player, Kevin Stevens. And it just, it, it just didn't work out. And it took years for the Bruins to recover from that. And they're one of the better teams in the league money wise, right? They're kind of like the Red Sox and Yankees. They have a great fan base. They have, you know, they're not considered a small market team, but Harry Sinden was like, you know, I read and I remember reading in the papers that deal because of their budget constraints that they self-inflicted that they called on themselves. They were not going to spend more than this. It took years to come back from that because of the budget and it, they didn't just backfill it with oodles of money like the Red Sox and Yankees do. So where am I going with this in home theater? It's, I think most of my listeners, if not all, Everybody listening to this, we're in that small market type bracket, small market team where we don't have oodles of income. So every dollar counts. And if we want to spend a dollar on something, we need to make sure that we're spending it wisely. And there are people, there is a demographic of people that it doesn't matter if they make a mistake on a piece of, of equipment for their theater. They'll just, okay. Oh, well, oh, that didn't work. And they'll get something else. Um, so how, how do you make that work? And for me, what I come to realize is like people joke with, I can put the bright side on anything. John Thompson said something on Twitter this just a week or so ago. I was saying, I said something about, uh, I don't even know what it was about, but I, I just, I looked at it in a positive light and he's like, you could put a bright, you could put a positive spin on anything. Uh, and he said something about me getting into politics, right? And I have no interest in that, by the way. But it truly is how I think. It's how I was raised. Um, my, my parents just always said, you know, somebody always has better, somebody always has it worse. Uh, make, make do with what you have, enjoy, appreciate what you have. So that, that, I mean, that's, how I was raised, okay, has nothing, had nothing to do with home theater. But when your sole focus is that, um, it, it, 
it plays out for me in home theater and like, look at, I, I bought my NHTs in 95 ish, right. And they lasted me almost 30 years, 28 years. I lived with those, with the NHT brand, um, and, and loved every minute of it because I didn't go seeking more expensive or better or whatever I needed to. I, I already had what I thought I needed and that was it. And I was happy with that. Um, what, what my buddy and I were talking about today was like, I, uh, like a Rotel receiver. I, I saved and saved because back in the early 2000s, late nineties, early 2000s, I've, I just dreamed of getting a Rotel receiver and then having a pre-pro type system. I wanted to have separates and all of that. So I saved up my money and I bought at the time was super expensive for me. I wasn't making a lot of money. I had two kids and I saved up for like a twelve, fifteen hundred dollar receiver, which was the Rotel. And I thought that was my like end game receiver. I can't, you know, and again, I can't make mistakes. I need to, this has to be good. And it was. I'm not regretting it at all. My, it, it was a receiver that had, that had pre outs in it. And I took those pre out and my plan was to take those pre outs and upgrade to amplification, uh, external amplification. That is then once I got that, then I could maybe upgrade years to years later, upgrade to a, uh, just a processor. Okay. So it, it, there was a plan in place and so that I could move forward and get the most bang for my buck out of my money. And the only reason I had to step off of that entire plan was because they came out with HDMI and this, and my Rotel receiver had no HDMI. So I had to complete, I had to get off of that. Now the really expensive, the nice receivers with the, they were out of my price range at this point. So it's not that I made a mistake with the Rotel. But the recovery from that took me years, years from that investment because I now needed to get get back into the game. I needed to invest in a receiver with uh, HDMI capabilities, and now to do that, I had I couldn't spend twelve hundred, fifteen hundred dollars. I'd already my my the money I had allocated had already been spent. I couldn't recover from that fast enough. So that wasn't a mistake. That was, I did not know, you you couldn't foresee HDMI coming out. So it wasn't a mistake, but at the same time, I couldn't recover from the expenditure of cash. So I had to come back in. Now I'm back down to uh, like a 400 or maybe $500 receiver with HDMI capabilities and all the inputs that I need. And now I work myself back forward. Okay. The idea being like, so like for us, it's like if I spend money on something, like I have a Kaleidoscape now, I need to be able to be sure that that piece is going, isn't going to be a huge mistake because I don't have the money to bounce back from something like that. Now, if you remember when I bought like, say the Kaleidoscape, I was like, if I can get five years out of something, I'm good. 
so far so good. I've been, I'm almost two years into it. I got three years to go, but stuff happens. Who knows what could happen, right? You never know in any of this stuff. The same with my other expensive piece that's pretty much outside of my bracket, but it was, you know, the Lumigen, the video processor. Do I find a value with that? Yes, I do, because I used it. It's a problem-solving tool that I use to solve a problem. So I feel like that is money well spent because I don't, you know, like, I don't have the money to keep upgrading my projector all the time or going to something, the, the newest, latest and greatest technology. So in actuality, I think this video, a, a video processor enables me to save my money on projectors, on displays, because I don't, it, it's, it's done. Everybody I've talked to is like, well, you need to jump even higher than your your current projector. You need to jump two levels up to even notice a difference between this and that because you already have this in a video processor in line. Okay, great. So that to me, that was money well spent. Um, but again, that's there are people out there with so much money that they can just try something if they don't like it. They just, okay, they just get rid of it and get something else. And I'm not like that. I, I would imagine most of you aren't like that either, because if you were, you probably wouldn't be listening to this podcast. We're passionate people. And if you're lucky enough to be in that bracket, then that's where you get to really play with some toys because you can just buy what you want and try it. And, oh, well, and you just give it up, whatever. Um, I, I can't do that. And so you got to be a little bit more frugal and trust what you're doing. But then there's the part, this is where I said how I was raised, the bright side. There's also that part where I got to make do, right? So I made do with the Rotel as long as I could. And then I have to buy what would be considered a lesser piece, but just enjoy that experience because it's lesser than the Rotel, but it had the HDMI inputs. I, I've bought one set, one set of home theater furniture 20 plus years ago. And I'm, I just, a tweak of the week, I won't mention it in this week's show, but my tweak of the week is, you know, it doesn't have lumbar support. It's not power or anything. It's just, you know, theater. It looks like theater seating, but it's comfy. It's got, um, micro, the microfiber, which looks like suede or whatever. I love it. It's getting old. The seats are getting a little worn in. So I was watching, uh, uh, watching, um, binge watching of all things Sunday morning, um, uh, Hawkeye. And after like the third or fourth, ep fourth episode of me sitting there and I'm like, Oh, my back's starting to hurt. And I put my hand on the seat next to me. I'm like, Oh, wait a minute. This one's a little firmer. After that episode ended, I got up swapped them out, slid over the, the one that's on the end, put that one in the middle, relinked them because they're basically just a, like a piece of a chair and you just line them up. I made do. And that's how I've been getting by with these chairs for 20 plus years as I keep rotating them so that I, I don't wear just one chair out, but you, you make do. I love my chairs. I love all the pieces of gear. I love every projector I had. I never want, I was never looking to upgrade to the next piece. It's how I, I it's how I'm built. Um, and I think 
there's a and part of the discussion we had today, me and my buddy was like, people just want new stuff because they get that FOMO like right away. And it's like, I don't have FOMO. I just, I love tech. I love upgrading. I was just talking to my insulation guy today and I'm like, I need the minimum I need to pass the HERS rating. There's a rating for my new house, right? So I got to get that. And he goes, well, this, I'll give you everything. I'll give you ex- the low cost for, to pass that rating. And he goes, but then there's an upgrade here. And he was telling me about that. And I was like, I was laughing. I go, well, I do love an upgrade. I go, I'm into home theater. I'm just like an upgrade geek. And I do love that, but tell me the value here. And he's like, he's, he's giving me the, and I'm like, man, I, I'm considering it. And I'm on a tight budget, but I'm like, man, but this could pay off here. And if I, if I see the value in that long term, I'll consider it a, it's a foundational piece. I know not the foundation of the house, but it's a piece that's going to pay dividends going forward. I might consider investing that money instead of the fancier cabinets or something that my wife wants or whatever, or like not even literally the home theater itself. Right. So like I have a budget for that, but I got to eat into that to do something like this. that's going to pay dividends in the future. That's a little more important than the fancier piece that I need to buy for the theater, which I'm probably going to be upgrading in a few years anyways. Whereas insulation on the house, pretty much permanent. You're not really going to upgrade that later. At least I'm not. I'm 53 years old. By the time the insulation's ready for upgrade, I'm dead. So I don't care. <laughs> but it's all, but it's also, if I end up with the cheaper version, okay, and I've already, I've already rationalized it. One of the advantages of the higher, um, cost of insulation, okay, is that he was telling me that, okay, so say you normally heat your house for like $300 a month in oil. He's like this more expensive version. It, it makes it just that much tighter of, you know, you, you lose less air out and it separates your house from the elements so that the air that's even in the walls can't change from cold to hot as fast. So you just make a more secure, you, you have a more secure air gap and the, you basically heat your house at a third of the cost because you just retain so much heat so much longer. And I was like, damn, that's pretty good. But if I don't go with it, I'm like, eh, I heat with a wood stove. I love bur- burning my wood stove. I heat this house here. I'm right now, I get it up to 70, 80 degrees with this tiny wood stove that in this house is this area, cubic area that I'm heating in this house is bigger than the next one. And the next one I'm getting, the stove is three times the size capability of this little tiny stove in this house. So I'm going to be able to, it like 80 degrees is going to be nothing. And the reason I'm getting that bigger stove is because it burns longer. I can put a bigger log in there and step away for 18 hours. I already bought the stove. I already bought the stove um, and can't wait to use it. But it's 18 hours. It'll last on, on a single load of wood. So that's great because I can step away. But if I go with the cheaper insulation, I've already rationalized, bright-sided in my head that I'm like, do I really need, who cares? Because I'm just heating like crazy anyways. And that's fine. I was like, all right. So I can I can justify, and that, that's a key word, justify either way. And I think that's very important to be able to do in our home theaters too, because regardless of what you choose, just 
choose it and then be justifying it because it's yours. And what, what fascinates me about the emails and comments I've gotten over the last four plus years now is that people are always trying to justify replacing a great experience that they already have. And they're not even, they don't even have a problem, but they just want, and, and John, if John was sitting here with me, I would say John's guilty of it. I'm guilty of it. But John and I have the, have had these conversations over the years and he's like, I, I, I need to, he's just got money that he wants to burn in this theater. He's got like, I don't know if he had a great sale at work or what, where he got it, but all of a sudden I'll get a text from him for a piece of equipment that I'm like, that's not going to change anything in your theater. Nothing, absolutely nothing. And he's like, but is it, is it good? It, it's great, but it's not going to change your experience at all. And, um, let me think of what the, the most famous one is like power conditioner. Just out of the blue one day, he's like, I got, he wanted to buy this $800 power conditioner. And he goes, do you think it's worth it? And I was like, I don't have one. No, I don't think it's worth it. It's not going to change your experience in your, in your room. It won't make anything better. No, no, no. One, we don't have the gear that's going to be able to see whatever difference that they're going to advertise to you that a power conditioner can do. And like our gear isn't good enough to, to do that. To, to notice the difference. I'm not saying there isn't one. I'm saying it's so small. You need to have a great system that really big that can really expose the differences between unconditioned power and conditioned power. So you won't, you won't get the difference, but it's got the fancy lights on the front of it and it's going to look good on your rack. And I think that's what he, I don't even know if he ended up going with one. I think he might have one now, but he didn't that day. But the point is like, if you can justify it, Maybe it's the fancy lights in the rack. It's the whatever it is. And you could say, I, I, I like this. Then that's great. But if you need to ask, should I do this? You probably shouldn't because if you can't rationalize it yourself and you need to bring in other people with more information, why are you going to spend that money? Okay. Do you, and I hope you understand what I mean. So like, I'm not saying like, how do I improve a pro a problem? That's a legit question in home theater. I have a problem. How do I solve this? That we can do. And it may take money, right? It could take, I need to upgrade a piece to, you don't have the capability to do what, the, what you're trying to solve. So you might need to upgrade or need to add a piece. But if you're asking yourself, I need to buy this. Should I? Well, what does it do? And why do you need that? And if you need to ask somebody else, why? Why are you asking? Because are you trying to spend the money? Because chances are you don't need it. Because if you have to, like, if you're coming to me or if you're writing into a, a, any podcast or anybody seeking advice on a piece, why? And that's, and I, and my answer is chances are you don't need it because if you don't see the value in it yet, why are you seeking it out so that they can help you spend your money? And that's where we get into, like you walk into a store or, or a dealer and they go, they, you know, that's like fishing in a barrel, right? 
when you go fishing in a lake, you're trying to find the fish. You're fishing in a barrel, which is the store. The fish just jumped in the boat for you. And you're just trying to figure out how much more meat I can get out of this fish. And you walk into a store and go, I want the best theater money can buy. Cha-ching. And they're just, they'll sell you anything you want. And you stuff you don't even want or need. I don't think we're in that demographic. You see what I mean? So like, I am certainly not in that demographic. If you're trying to sell me something, I'm going to pick it apart, you know, three ways from Sunday and be like, what the hell? Why do I need this? Oh, because of this, this, and this. But how am I going to see the difference? You're not, but it's better. Well, then why am I paying for that? Because it's better. Wait a minute. It's better. How? It, it may, gives you a better whatever picture. But can I see it? No, no, you'll never see it. And I'm actually quoting Jim, <laughs> my projector guy right now. We had a conversation recently and he said that. He goes, but it's better. I go, but why would I spend that then? Because you know it's better. I get that, but I don't have the budget to do that, right? So that's what a lot of a lot of things come down to is do you have the ability to make that mistake? Do you have the ability to explore with your, with your wallet? And, and I particularly don't. Um, and I, I know most of you guys don't either. Um, so that, I just thought that was an interesting, that was just one piece. We talked for almost two hours <laughs> with me and it's not just me. So he talked too, but, um, yeah. So. It's just the piece. That's what I try to bring to this show. That's what I've been trying to where, like I said, I started this show, um, over four years ago as, you know, all about the experiences. And I didn't have that line when I sat down, but I knew I wanted to do scenes because nobody else was doing that. But then of course, over time you get, you, people start asking you for advice and that's not what the show's about. Um, we did, and I would like to lead off with this, uh, as the first comment this month. Um, so I got a comment. I forget, I forget who, what his name was. Uh, it was on, it was in the chat as a matter of fact. Uh, so we, we've gained, a, we're gaining a bunch of listeners. Thank you to everybody listening and participating in the chat on YouTube. Uh, if you're not on YouTube, just open up a YouTube account and subscribe. Really appreciate it. Uh, we're trying to grow the show and we are And the show is growing immensely way more than I ever imagined. And, uh, and again, it's all because of you guys, uh, the listeners, um, the podcast is bigger than YouTube is the audio only part of it. So, but this is where we started. YouTube is just, it's extra and it's fun. Um, it, it helps me with editing. If I'd known what I know, if I knew four years ago, what I know now, I would have been at least been recording with video, um, a long time ago. But it's also, it's another way to grow the podcast and it's a fun interaction in the chat. So thank you to everybody that's, that's tuning in, tuning in on the live chat. Um, I had the great opportunity to be on Brett's opening podcast on Fagnatics. Um, and that was my first time on a live stream. Um, actually, no, I'm sorry. I was in, uh, I was in SVS's live stream. They invited, they were the first one. So I correct that. So Brett wasn't the first one, but I couldn't see the, I couldn't see the, um, the comments at the time. 
when I was on that. They just put me, I can't remember, it might have been StreamYard, I forget. But this being on with Brett was a lot of fun because I got to actually participate in the chat. I got to relax and not have to produce the show and sit there and be like, okay, who, what, what's coming next? What image next? What's this next? What's that next? There's a lot going on back here when I'm running the show to try and make sure and then also keep up with the chat. And it's so hard because it's like, especially with my attention span, I'm like a, you know, that squirrel. Oh, I want to talk about that. And like, I'll see something in the chat and be like, I want to talk about that, but I have to keep the show on topic. I have to keep, I have to keep on topic. So it, I love what's going on over there. I love watching the chat. Um, it, and it was fun being on Brett's and actually getting to participate in the chat and read. And I got at one point on Brett's, I, Obviously, I don't know what everybody was talking about, but I was so having so much fun engaging with the chat. Um, and it's not like I made a lot of comments, but I was reading everything people were saying that I, if Brett had thrown it to me, like with a question, I was screwed. I wouldn't have known. I would have been like, uh, sorry, I was reading the chat. I, I wasn't paying attention to you, buddy. What did you say? <laughs> so it, it is so much fun to see that and, and participate in that. So thank you to everybody on that. Um, but yeah, it's this, this show here, the takeover Tuesday where the listeners, all you got to do, email me, DJ at brightsidehometheater.com and, uh, email me a question, a comment, uh, whatever. But there was a question in the chat about his receiver and I forget what the model number was, but I, I directed him right away to AV rant because that's what those guys do. And I explained to him that this is a podcast. It's about the experiences and stuff. And I, I would love, I'll, I'll help anybody with their experience, right? Um, Rob and, um, Tom and Rob over at AV rant, they'll, you know, they'll break down what you're using for equipment right now and they'll tell you how you can upgrade and get the most bang for your buck in with your system. Um, if you want to spend more than that, they'll tell you you're, you're more than welcome to, but they're like, you don't really need it because this is fine like this. And I, and I agree with them. Um, but they are the ones that can really get into the nitty gritty. I, I certainly can, but that's not what this show is about. Um, my show is about the experiences, the sights, the sounds, the scenes and the stuff we use to show off our gear. But he had made a comment in the chat about, you know, like how, what, what's my best upgrade for a receiver? And I gave him my email. I don't think I ever got that email. Um, I didn't see it anyways. Um, but yeah, it's, if people want to ask me those questions, this is the show it would be in. Okay. This is where I can elaborate on it and I can tell you, you know, basically what I would tell anybody when I've helped people build their theaters. How do I upgrade my system? How, what and how am I going to get the most out of it for my, uh, for my dollar? Basically, how do I get the best experience that I can get? Um, and because that at the end of the day is what it's all about. That's why I never really got into bit rates. I never got into to all of the nitty gritty stuff. It's all about the overall experience. You know, like to me, it's more important that like when you push play that the lights go down and this happens and however you get there, whether it's just an extra button on the remote like me, or if you have it completely integrated, but that it's the experience is what makes it fun. Isn't it fun for me? 
you know, never mind if I have somebody into my room and they're like, oh my God, the lights went out automatically, which I've been doing since 2001, by the way, by the way. So, um, yeah, it's, it's stuff like that, that, uh, so anyways, I can't, yeah, see, not my heater just kicked on. So I'm kind of, uh, kind of like just threw me for a loop. See that squirrel, squirrel. All right, let's uh, get going here uh, with an actual email that I will read uh, right now. Uh, so uh, this is from Vince. Uh, Vince emails, this came early in the month. Uh, I won't say the movie that he's talking about, um, but he says, DJ, you have been validated. And he sent me a link from um, AV Forums. And uh, it was about a review for a movie where I was the one that was alone in the room. Um, people were disagreeing with me in the room. And, um, but yes, Vince, Vince very, very kindly emailed me a link to a, to a review that actually agreed with me. Um, and, uh, thanks Vince. I appreciate that. I said, yeah, that's pretty funny. I'd seen a couple other reviews that said the same thing. And, um, the reason I won't say what the movie was is because it doesn't matter. We all, and the reason I saved this email for the, to just to comment on it is we all have our different opinions. We all see what we want to see. And I, I don't uh, see what we see and experience what we experience. And the idea of it is like, you'll get three of us on the show and we might all agree. We might all, you know, it's, it's going to be a two to one type deal, right? I don't think you can have three different opinions unless you one hates, one loves, and one's in the middle. That would probably be me. Um, <laughs> you're like, eh, I don't love it as much. But you, but the point is, it's it, I don't need to feel validated. I'm pretty happy with, I know why I like what I like and dislike what I like. Um, but it does feel good. I had read other things and it, sometimes I'll be like, wow, how am I so far off? Because everybody's saying something and, and then I'm not. And I'm like, so maybe like with Shazam, when I saw that in the theater, I really didn't like it that much. I didn't hate it, but I was like, oh, I just didn't like it. And then I start reading the reviews on it and I'm like, let me try it again because maybe I was in a bad mood. And I was. I was in a bad mood. And uh, I loved it after that. And I, I love it even more now because after the second movie, I thought it actually enhanced the first movie with the storyline and stuff. But but yes, thank you, Vince. Um, that's, that's the point, though, that we do all have different opinions. Um, and hopefully what we can bring to the show, bring to home theater is that you can say, like, I'm like him, whoever it is. Like, I see it like he does. And that's okay. And see how they don't even agree, but that's okay. You don't, not everybody has to like everything exactly the same. And it, it when somebody tells you that they don't like something, whether it's a speaker or, a, a, you know, a piece of equipment or, or a movie, it's all right. It's all right not to like stuff that other people like or vice versa or not like stuff that other people like. It's okay. You know, just know why you don't like it. And that's what I think is funny to me is when you hear people like, this is the best. Why? Cause it is. But why? Do you know why? Or, oh, that's horrible. Why? I don't know. I just don't like it. You don't even know why you don't like it. What don't you like about it? Cause I come at me. Cause if I don't like something, I'm going to tell you why. And if I like something, I'm going to tell you why. And, uh, if you're coming at me, you 
pulling the pin because I'm going to talk your ear off on why I like something. So, but, uh, thanks Vince. Appreciate that. Um, this one comes from Michael. He says, hi, DJ. Heard your comment on Oral 3D in today's Takeover Tuesday episode. Your processor for sure is capable of Oral 3D. It most probably is your settings on speaker layout, why the option does not appear. Selection of top speakers, front, middle, rear, will disable Oro 3D. Choosing height speakers in speaker layout will enable audio formats. See a popular description attached. Of course, you are aware that a change will require new Odyssey measurement pro- a new Odyssey measurement process, but your processor anyhow has two speaker presets, so you could have the other alternative stored there and also compare quickly. The full potential of Oral 3D might still not get realized because for Oral 3D, your ceiling speakers are too high up versus your bed layer in terms of angle. But maybe still fun to try. At least for me, I agree with the other listener that Oral 3D Upmixer provides the best experience. I use it for everything. I enjoy your podcast since the very start. Michael from Austria. So uh thanks, Mike. Uh It's funny. I, this email came in at the end of last month, at the end of October. Um, and I was just thinking about this the other day. I was trying to up mix with Oral 3D and I go, I know I got information on this. And I was like, where is it? And I'm searching around for it because I wanted to mess with it. And I couldn't find the information. And I, literally right after fin- Vince's email, I look at this, I'm like, here it is. I found it. So I'm... If I get the time again to mess with this, it has to strike me and I have to make the time. Um, I will mess with it. Um, definitely something moving forward in the new theater when I have more time, I will, I'll, I'll be messing with stuff like this. But right now it's like, all right, I'll think I'll have time for something and then, you know, squirrel or let's call it new house. Got to do work on that. Um, so, but yes, thanks, Mike. I appreciate that. And anybody else that's listening, that, that was a great explanation. Um, if you, if you want to u- utilize Oro 3D, cause I was wondering why I can only get the 2D version, but there you go. And I knew I saw it somewhere. I saw it from Mike. Uh, this is, uh, from Gorinder. Let me see what we got here on this one here. This is about the 24-hour podcast. He says, I could tell that Steven, you were trying to wrap things up there at the end. Next year, DJ can be on a bus bench during a 24-hour show. Maybe it will be live and in person, and the guests will visit you on the bus bench. Hopefully, you get some rest there on Sunday. I forgot to mention the other week that I quickly quickly cleaned up the home HT room the other day, the other weekend, as my cousin was visiting for a few days from Australia. We watched Ford v. Ferrari. We both loved it. I will definitely be watching that one again once the room is fully set up. I don't know if it ever will be fully set up. LOL. Take care, Garinda. Um, yeah, the rooms are never fully done. They might be set up, but they're never fully done because you're always trying to think of the next upgrade, next thing you need. What else is going to get invented? What else do we need? Um, but yeah, the me sitting on a bunch bus bench and having people visit. It's, it's hard enough to get people to just come on to a Zoom call. I got to fly or have them show up to a destination. Yeah. No, it's funny though. It would be funny. Um, but yes, at the end of the show, yeah, Steve was trying to get, get me 
to bed. <laughs> and we just get, as with anything, you just keep me talking. It makes it harder. Um, let's see. That's the next one. I got, uh, Shane emailed me after Shane Lee emailed me. I'll, I won't go into the whole thing, but that was pretty cool. Shane emailed me. Chris Seymour emailed me almost like everybody emailed me, um, talking with youth man stuff. Wow. That was crazy. Talking about the 24 hour show. So that it it was, and I can't believe it's been almost a month since that happened. Um, I can't wait for next year's. Uh, and you know, this is a great, good time now that I'm seeing some of these emails going back through the, through the, through the month here. Um, seeing some of these thank yous and good time to mention the, the charity Movember. Uh, so if you're listening to this show and it's still November, um, yeah, please consider donating to Movember. You can go to the links in the show, buy us a box of popcorn. If that box of popcorn is bought before the end of the month, which is Thursday, the 30th, uh, all, all a hundred percent of all that will be going to the Movember charity. I'll be writing, you know, donating directly to Ryan Davey, who links are in the chat for that. So basically it's for the, you know, men's health awareness, men's health. Um, so that was this month's charity and we're already well over 500, I think. Well, between YouTube, uh, boxes of popcorn and Patreon, um, we're, over $500 donated. So, um, so thank you to everybody that already has donated. Uh, and if you're listening, please consider, you know, buy a box of popcorn or, or go there and donate directly. And, um, let me know if you donate elsewhere, just let me know and, you know, directly to Ryan, send me a link and I uh, will talk about it on the show, of course. But, uh, yeah. So thank you to everybody for that. Um, let's see. Jonathan, Jonathan with an email. Hey, DJ, just finished watching the four part miniseries, All the Light We Cannot See on Netflix. This is a very good World War II series and I would definitely recommend it. The visuals were great in the series, but the Atmos on Netflix was outstanding. The best I have ever heard on streaming. The very first scene has bomber planes flying overhead and you can hear everything moving above you. There are a lot of scenes that use the height speakers and a lot of great panning from front to rear. And I was just blown away by the sound here. Great base too for streaming. Well worth watching if for nothing else than the sound. I don't know if Netflix upgraded their sound or what they did, but it's noticeable. Very cinematic, Jonathan. So thanks, John, Jonathan. Um, appreciate that because, uh, that, that's what the show's about. The sights, the sounds and the scenes. So more, definitely more emails like that. I haven't had a chance to go and watch that yet. Uh, I do remember when I first read this email, I was kind of excited to check that out. And then of course life gets in the way and squirrel. <laughs> I get my attention goes elsewhere, but yeah, that's uh great base for streaming. Uh, that sounds awesome. Uh, Netflix definitely knows what they're doing when it comes to, um, streaming. Their HDR is really, really good. They know how to utilize it to, to give you the, um, the best experience you can through a streaming service. And, uh, one of the tricks audio wise is really going to make it dynamic and make it seem more cinematic is to go from the louds to the quiets 
rapidly, right? Have a very quiet scene and then just go to a loud scene. And it makes it harder for you to distinguish that you're not getting the full amount that you would get in a physical release. Um, it's it in the physical releases where you'll have, say, the end game scene, uh, the battle scene in end game where it's just so loud for so long. It's harder to notice the, it, it's, the dynamics in that there's so much more on the physical release because the loud gets that much louder and you're just re- you'll feel it you'll there's more of a texture to it but it's loud the entire time on a stream you can take that and you just you bring down the quiet scenes you you bring it down fast and then you get it really loud and you'll be like wow that was great bass and it gives you a better uh a better feel of dynamics because it's it they're limited in how how low they can go how high they can go and all of that so they 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 really know how to do that and the same with hdr netflix is doing a great job there as well where they know how to light the scenes to give you the best experience and give you that sense of hdr whereas a movie I use all the time is the Batman where it's more nuanced and it's, you know, you need HDR to pull out all of those scenes, the detail in all of those scenes because it's so dark all the time. And, but if you have very bright to very dark, that's going to feel very dynamic, which it is. And it's going to play really well on a stream. You know, it's, it's going to be hard to notice that it's being compressed. You know, you're not going to lose a lot of detail because it's very dark and very bright. And then this, and it, it just looks great. And that all, and I'm not talking about changing the scene. I'm saying within the scene, the way they light it and the, the contrast in it, it's really going to, it's going to play well through a stream. And, and they're doing a great, great job with that. Like I've said for a long time, it, it they must, they must have like when they're producing stuff for Netflix exclusives, they must have like a, a workflow. Like you need to shoot it this way to get the best HDR. Your sound has to be done this way. So you get the best sound through streaming because their, their originals are so consistently good. It's not an accident and they're all done by different studio. I mean, the Russo brothers are working for them now. They're doing Netflix exclusive content. So, um, there's gotta be something behind the scenes where they're, they're like mandating, like you got to shoot it this way so that it looks the best. So, um, let's see next one. Uh, Oh, a, a tweet did make it in. Uh, this one comes from Jonathan again. Uh, definitely it's a tweet from Chase Mitchell at Chase MIT Mitt. Definitely the future of television I had in mind was me having to Google every movie I want to watch to see if it's currently in one of those, it's one month windows on any of the seven streaming services I pay for. This is way easier than buying a DVD. I love it. A little bit of sarcasm there. So yes, it is kind of funny what's going on with social media and not social media, but with all of the streaming services and how we get our content and where it is. And, you know, you buy a disc, you know, you have it on the shelf and it's right there. And, uh, but yeah. And I do think, as I've said before, touching on that, it's like, you, you think physical media is permanent and you have it forever. But I look at my laser discs and DVDs and has anybody tried to play a DVD? a standard deaf DVD on their big screen, it doesn't look good. So physical media might be permanent, but it doesn't mean you're going to watch it the rest of your life. That said, 
we are kind of at the point right now where is 4K really ever going to be, can you get better than that? I don't think so. Uh, cause you, it's, we're getting to the point where we're past, uh, our, perce- our perception, right? You can't even see the difference. Whereas I can see the difference between a 480, 480 lines of resolution and 4,000 lines of resolution. <laughs> so now to be fair, it's not 10 times better. It's the 480 is you're counting vertical lines of resolution, uh, 4,000, you're counting horizontal lines of resolution. So a little difference there. Uh, this is an email from Marcel, longtime listener looking for help. Longtime listener looking for help. Oh, okay. So it was the subject and the first line. So, hey, TJ, longtime listener looking for some help. Love everything you guys do. Big fan. I look forward to every episode y'all put out. I, it does say y'all. Y apostrophe A-L. Oh, it wasn't just me. So thanks, Marcel. Uh, I listen every week while I run my loader at a local salvage yard. I'm also a huge Boston sports fan and an automotive enthusiast. Would love to chat about cars or sports anytime. Anyway, long story short, after listening to you and AV rant, etc., I feel I have a decent system set up in my room. Any help with calibration would be huge. We are located in blank, so not too far from home, from your home base. Bears are on in the, beers are on in the house. Hope to hear back, Marcel. And, um, yes, Marcel has heard back. I will have more on this later. Uh, not in this show, but at some future date, there will be more on this. But, um, yes, Marcel is local to me. And, uh, so we're going to have a little chat at some point. So, uh, but thanks Marcel for reaching out and, uh, anybody else in the Boston area or within, I'd say two hours of me, two to three hours of the Boston area, uh, let me know. I drive for a living anyways. So, uh, always fun, always fun to chat with people. All right. Uh, moving on. This one here is from, uh, Gorinder again. Gorinder says, Hey DJ, I just noticed so many 99, 999.4Ks on Amazon. Too bad it's not the same up here or down here for the Detroit listeners. So he's in Canada, but apparently Detroit is north of him. <clears throat> the other, <clears throat> excuse me. Sorry about that. The other week I went to, uh, my Habs game, it was in Detroit. The stadium is great. I forgot how many TV timeouts they have in a game. My dad and I were joking that the ice cleaning crew, which came out during those TV timeouts, spent more time skating on the ice than the players did. On a home theater front, seeing the live game demonstrated how the ice is not bright white and has some more of a D65 white appearance. I pointed it out to my dad, who was at the game with us. He and my son like to watch hockey on the Sony TV in vivid mode, and I tell them it is too blue, and I watch in custom mode. Gorinder. Uh, yeah, it, I, I did the same thing at the Patriots game, um, and even the jumbotrons at the Patriots game, you look and it's in vivid mode and you look at the field and you're like, and you look up at the screen on, in the stadium and you're like, that's not what the grass looks like that I'm seeing there. Um, same thing. It's the ice on, on TV. It, it doesn't look the same on TV as it does in person. Um, it is nice when you calibrate your TV to be able to see the cuts in the ice. So if I'm watching it, 
in my living room or in my theater to be able to see the cuts as the period goes along. That's one of the things I always liked as a kid too, watching hockey is that fresh sheet of ice, how nice it looks. And then as the period goes on, they, they carve it up and then they clean it again. And, and I mean, every little kid loves to watch a Zamboni go around and you see the difference in the ice. So cool. All right. Oh, I'm losing my voice already. Let me see here. Uh, just, Moving on, we have a letter from Ian. Uh, my voice. I went 24 hours. I can't go an hour here. What the heck? Um, just something, just trying to keep on rolling here. That's, that's the hard part. I didn't talk 24 hours. I didn't talk 24 hours straight. I had other people so I could take a break. This is a little bit harder. I'm trying to just go, go, go with as little editing as possible. Cause I got to get this out by tomorrow morning. Uh, hey guys. This is from Ian. Hey guys, the other great example of a father playing a son in James is James Paxton, who played the same character as his dad, Bill Paxton, on Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. John Garrett was a character in season one that was brought back through time, that was brought back through time travel shenanigans in later seasons. Picture for reference. Also, <laughs> this is a good one. Please correct all of England and possibly Europe on the pronunciation of Nissan. The Japanese language doesn't have a N-I-H sound like that. The, the all, the all I, or the, the all I sounds in, in Japanese are like ni. The double S does make it carry to the first syllable. So it is Nissan, not Nissan. Love the show, Ian. P.S. If Cruz, if Cruz needed, grew up in Hawaii where Japanese is, uh, prevalent and took it up in high school. Also have family who live in Japan. So pretty cool. I love that because I think Steve brought that up last week and he's like, did, did, ask me how I say Nissan and he's like, do you say it, uh, do you say it correctly or do you say Nissan? And I was like, no, I say it Nissan. And here we have Ian stepping in to save the day to tell me that is the correct way and that all of Europe is mucking it up. <laughs> but I'm sure Steve will come back with, no, 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 I, I'm saying it right because he's the lawyer. <laughs> uh, all right. Um, let's see. That G Cornell, crazy sound in Fargo. Uh, so he says, most recent episode, husband and wife talking in the kitchen. Not seen is the daughter smashing away with a hammer. I hear the hammer swa- smashing nine feet forward of the screen, about 20 feet to my right. I turned my head and looked to the right. It was so pronounced. Where did you hear the hammer in your HT? <laughs> Three speakers in front, subs, two surrounds behind the chair. And he sent the picture. And, um, I said, I've never seen an episode of Fargo. <laughs> he said, it's quite entertaining, good writing, a show I've seen every episode since it started. Same with Justified. Um, but I love the scene. Uh, so if you're watching Fargo and you're not watching it in your theater, there's a scene for you. Most recent episode. And, uh, as this record, this came to me yesterday. So this is this weekend of the last, uh, Thanksgiving weekend. So the most recent episode to that, uh, you can go, you can jump to that scene. So thanks G Cornell. Really appreciate that. Another, another great scene. Uh, 
let's see. Oops, wrong button. Let me get to the, all right, that's it for emails. Let me get to YouTube comments from this month and we'll, we'll get through some of these. Uh, let's see. Mr. Midnight. I don't think I said this one last year. I backed up to where I thought we would start fresh from last month. Um, if this is a duplicate, I apologize, but oh well. So Mr. Midnight says on YouTube, First time watching your podcast, fantastic chat, guys. Talking about Bravia Core on the PS5, picture quality is fantastic, as it is the sound. The only thing missing is pure stream, although I'm not sure if that's because of internet speed re- restriction on the console or if it's just an exclusive thing to Bravia XR TVs. Uh, anyway, fantastic video, guys. Subscribe to the channel and looking forward to the next one. Um, yeah, so I think it just a guess here. I think that's uh, that um, pure stream is exclusive to the Bravia XR TVs. Um, and I think they're lightening things up to get it to the masses. That pure stream thing. Again, this is what I've talked about regarding Kaleidoscape. I've talked, we talked about it with, uh, the Sony Bravia or Sony Core. I think they're calling it now. Um, it's just, you're, you're so limited. It's like once that, once more people access this, it kind of hurts everybody's bandwidth. Um, and that's, that's, I've said for a while about Kaleidoscape. It's one of the reasons it's that expensive. If they lowered the price and more people had it, it would be hard. I mean, it would take away from everybody, like the quality of it would diminish because maybe they don't have the bandwidth. Um, if they're investing and they increase the size of their servers, maybe they can do that. I don't know. I don't know, but that's a guess. And, um, but that's one of the things with the Sony Bravia core. It's the new version that's on the PS5 doesn't have the pure stream. So. It's, you know, more people are accessing it and more, that means more people are talking to their servers, which puts more of, uh, a, you know, a demand on that server that's only can kick out as much as it can handle. And if too many people access it too fast, the amount it kicks out will have to be limited, which means you're not getting the best possible stream anymore. That happens with all streaming. That happens even in your neighborhood. That happens. That's why streaming has such, is so much variability to your stream is because you come home from work. If the whole neighborhood is accessing the internet, you're not getting the full bandwidth that you can get or might need to get the best possible image. And there's nothing you can do about that right now. Maybe in the future. I mean, obviously it would, it's better than it was 10 years ago and it'll be better in the future, but. Yeah, it's the more people that access something, it's going to, you know, it's going to affect the bandwidth. Uh, also from Mr. Midnight, the best Blu-ray music disc I've heard uh, by far is Hans Zimmer live in Prague. It's well worth buying and well worth repeating because uh, we've talked about that on the show many times. Uh, we did a whole show on it. Well, we featured it in a show, I should say. Um so, but yes, thanks, Mr. Midnight. Uh, Miguel Munoz, 1713, if I'm saying that right, says, can we start giving movies a rating out of 10 or something? LOL. <clears throat> and no, 
<laughs> so I will, I will elaborate. I, um, I've thought of this. I thought of it when I first started doing the show. Um, I give boxes of popcorn for stuff that I, I did give boxes of popcorn and I will, you know, three boxes for certain scenes and stuff like that, just to, so that you have a reference to say, okay, yeah, that's definitely, definitely a demo scene. That's how I was doing it. But what I found is, <clears throat> I listen to, I listen to quite a few podcasts, uh, especially home theater podcasts or, and what I found is like when you start giving out stars, it starts like, it gets, it gets all watered down, right? So like, if I start saying like, I, I gave this one this, but I gave this one that, and then later on, like, how can, look what ends up happening. What, why can't I just tell people I really, really liked it? I thought it was awesome. This was great. And I'll tell you why. And that's what, cause we're about the experience. So like, you know, if I don't really enjoy a movie, I'll tell you why I didn't enjoy the movie. So the boxes of popcorn or giving stars, that's headline stuff, right? And that's, oh, okay. So. You just, this, this show is a little bit more than that. We want to explain why we really enjoy the experience and then you can try it. And then now when you see that experience or, or you experience that experience, you can go, ah, I'm not getting what he's getting. If I start putting stars on it or, or a rating on it, it's what is it? I want, I want to read. I want you to to listen to the content and the reason that we like it and not just go with the the stars and the headlines. And I see that when I see R Ralph Potts, my buddy, he'll put out something and they'll he'll be like, you gave that four stars and they never read why. And they'll be like, why did you only give it? Or why did you give that five stars? That's ridiculous. And I see him all the time in the, in on Twitter, he'll be like, read. <laughs> read why I gave it that or what I, and I think a lot of people want those headlines. They just want, I want to know that this DJ says it's great. He gave it five stars, but that's not what, that's not what this is about. This, this show is about the experience. It's about like, you know, why did you enjoy it? What pulled you in? What, what sucked you into the movie or that scene? What made you really go, wow, I had to turn my head, not a star or how many stars I give it. I'll just get, when I give a stunt, like when I gave those stars in my reviews or the boxes of popcorn, it was just so that you could easily access it and be like, it's like, like a highlighter. There you go. That's it. But you get in there and, and it was only for scenes, not for really movies. It was just a highlighter. Kind of like on my tweets, I'll put a box of popcorn there as a headline at the beginning of the tweet to be like, grab your attention and go, Oh, this is something I got. Oh, a home theater alert with two boxes of popcorn around it just to grab your attention. Now read below, you know, and too many people, all they want to do is read the headline. This movie's great. Five stars, but they don't know why they have no idea why. And then they go and see and go, that was crap. Why? Why did he give it five stars? And they never go back and do that. And it's like, well, if maybe if you read why it was great, you might have actually enjoyed the movie itself because you would have understood why it was great. And then but maybe you missed it because all you read was five stars. It's great. And then you're like, I don't get it. That was horrible. That's right. You didn't get it. So I get asked that a lot. So I love the question. Keep asking because I love to give the explanation. <laughs> I give, I give that question five stars. <laughs> Great job, Miguel. Um, 
Let's see. Uh, this is from Carl, our buddy Carl. He says, great chat. Back in the day, the Laserdisc market was huge here in Austin, Texas. So yes, it mattered a great deal. It mattered a great deal. We had three places in town you could actually rent them, even the really posh large box sets. I was even a member of a Columbia House Laserdisc club from start to finish. See that everybody? Finish. Physical media. It was finished. <laughs> Once DVDs came out, the local Laserdisc market was so large, I easily sold my entire Laserdisc collection at even a profit on most of the titles. Well, there you go. So, and then he upgraded, he did a sideward step to DVD. Um, so, but nice. Yeah, Laserdisc was huge. It was absolutely huge. I think a lot of people don't realize how big it was because it was such a, a niche market, but it was pretty big and um you know almost pretty much everything that was out came out on laserdisc it was actually at the beginning in the 80s it was actually cheaper on laserdisc than vhs uh not many people were collecting it but that's only because vhs was like 80 or 90 dollars a tape laserdisc was like 40 and it wasn't until they started sponsoring them like they did with et right around that time i said et was the first others have said others other movies but say et was sponsored by pepsi um so that brought it down for you know at uh purchase at home purchase for home viewing or something i can't remember what the tag was um but yeah they came down to like 1999 and everybody could buy them and that's when the home theater collecting started. Uh, but it had been going before that with laser discs. Uh, let's see. <clears throat> Next comment from Stephen at traveling this week and staying with friends at their home in Florida. So looks like getting to see any of the 24 hours would be a challenge to sneak in here and there. Good luck with it. Brew some strong coffee. And, uh, he did actually, Steve, it was pretty cool. Cause I got that message on, on, um, YouTube. That was the pre-show, the 24-hour pre-show that Todd and I did the Wednesday before the 24-hour show. Um, but yeah, he was popping in and out all day long. It was pretty cool to see him because he said he, he wasn't going to be able to. So that was really cool. Thanks, Steve. Um, now he's, this is Steve again. Another comment. Catching up. First live stream I've missed in many months away, Florida, enjoying some sunshine. Back for Tuesday, assuming DJ is recovered from the 24 hours. Evil Dead Rise Again. <laughs> um, yep. Thanks, Steve. Uh, let's see. Oh, that's my wife. Hi from Boston, Jennifer Briggs. She commented on the 24 hour stream. Um, let's see. How many hours left? That was a question from something, a bunch of numbers in Oprah Winfrey. Uh, until the, <laughs> so. A lot of comments came in on that. Home Theater Giants. That was Paul. Uh, thanks, Paul. Um, yeah. So that, yeah, that, um, people chime in. I'm just going through. This is, these are all comments, not from the chat, but comments from the, from the 24 hour show. DJ, do you plan to do a recap with listing of your co-hosts by each hour of the live stream? There's certainly a few I want to go back to listen to again. And also want to see who I missed. Great job. Uh, that's from Stephen at, um, yes. And for those of you listening that haven't gone back or don't know, yes, I went back and I added timestamps for every person that was on the show. 
timestamps of when they started. So all three shows will always be there. You can just go back to the lot, go back onto the YouTube page, click on the live and you'll see the three shows there. But now I've added the show notes to each one. Um, it was pretty funny doing that after the fact. It took me, I didn't think it was going to take that long, but it took me like a week to do it just because I had to find the time to sit actually scan through and find the timestamps on each one. But it was like, man, it's like I, I thought like when I was going through it, I'd have people on and be like, wow, I was already talking for 10 hours by the time I talked to this person. And then it's because everything to me at the time was fresh and new and it, it was just so much fun. I wasn't wasn't paying attention to the time. All I knew was, okay, I got an hour with this person and then the next person's coming on and it was just hour after hour. So much fun. I'd install says I will sign up for the the 20, 24, 24 hour show show, but based on popularity, it I might be in line until twenty twenty five. No, there's there'll, there'll be a few changes to next year's show, but I anybody that wants in, I will you know do my best to get everybody in. Um, we learned a lot this year, uh, and now obviously. 24-hour live show will definitely be for charity. The whole thing will be promoting it well in advance leading up to it. It's all for Movember. Uh, will be for Movember. Um, and we're looking for ways to raise money on that, more money for that. So um, let's see uh, another comment from Carl. In our space, Amazon content does now look stunning. Just Apple TV um, app. 2 gig fiber and our NZ9 MK2, um, MK2. So yeah, Amazon content, it looks good. Um, I don't know about stunning. It depends on the content. Amazon is super, uh, variable <laughs> to say like they have some good stuff and they have some crappy stuff. Um, um, 4K HDR. Um, and you know, there's no amount it, they're just not consistent enough, but they do have some really good stuff. And, and uh, yeah, I think Apple TV plus and, and, um, and, uh, Netflix are by far the most consistent followed by Max and then way, way in, in bringing up the rear is Amazon, uh, big time. Amazon's pretty, pretty inconsistent. Uh, let's see. Darth Hater 100 says, why is the one guy speaking with Fake sounding Australian accent. <laughs> Just speak normally and stop doing special voices. <laughs> he doesn't. Si- he doesn't even sound Australian. You can't fool me, mate. <laughs> I love that comment because Steve's the one. He's talking. Obviously, he's talking about Steve, and Steve is legitimately. It's not a fake accent. That's how he talks. And Steve's also, ironically, the one that hates fake accents in movies. <laughs> And that's what I, and what I always say to Steve is I'm like, how can it be? You you can't say it's a bad accent because maybe there is a person in the world that grew up in a place, went to another and it altered their accent. So like, it's just, you know, they're trying to go for the stereotypical accent from whatever that region they're in, right? Boston, California, England, Australia, Austria, anywhere in the world, right? But there's no such thing as a bad accent because an accent is just how you interpret 
how it, it, there's so much that goes into it. Like for Steve, for instance, he's a Kiwi. He's grew up in Spain and now is in England. His accent isn't going to be exact to anybody. And, and the movie it was, but it was a space movie. And he criticized that it was a futuristic space movie. And he goes, it's such a bad accent. How? Have you been to space in the future and you know what the accent is? There's no such thing. It's like, I don't mind getting picky on stuff. I find it fun, but that's the thing is when you get picky, I get to be picky back to you. <laughs> and just like this person, you're going to get picky about somebody's accent. Guess what? It's real. <laughs> so, and that might have been tongue in cheek. I don't know. So, but it is fun. Um, oh, I love this comment. This is another one from my buddy, Carl. If it wasn't Carl, I wouldn't even read it. Travis, our only cat for almost 18 years, freaked out in pure happiness, jumping up on a turntable lid and walked back and forth when we put on any Thelonious Monk. Okay. <laughs> it's like, what does that have to do with anything? It's like, so your Travis, our cat for almost 18 years, okay. If it was only 17 years, you wouldn't have emailed me or, or made the comment. <laughs> Carl, buddy, what does this have to do with anything? Oh, I love it. I love it. Um, Chris, Chris Brown, uh, I did a test of Godzilla versus Kong Hong Kong fight scene with Kaleidoscape vs. Max and I listen at 62% volume, Kscape average at 80 with peak at 91 dB, while Max averaged 67 dB with peak at 73 dB once. Most peaks failed to even reach 70, so the stream audio band was very compressed, which also seems to make sense why there's barely any LFE on the stream. Just an FYI on my end from my system. Um, yeah, and great, great, uh, yeah, great analysis. I'm, I was searching for words here. Uh, great analysis. And that's fun stuff that I used to do even on podcast. You would compare these things, get out your SPL meter and see what it's doing, getting the average, especially when you're using your phone. And then it, now you can use your phone. And it'll record it until you're average on this scene. You go back and forth and then you'll have people tell you, well, that's not very good accuracy. I wasn't going for accuracy. I was just trying to see a difference. And if I, as long as you're using the same tool, you're going to see or hear a difference. And, but yeah, so let's see, what did he come up with? 82 DB, an average of 82 DB with a peak at 91. But then <clears throat> Max averaged 67 DB with a peak of 73 DB. So let me see, what's the difference there? So the difference in the Kaleidoscape version, 82 and a peak of 91. So that's a difference of nine. And 67 with a peak of 73, which is only a difference of six. So there's your dynamic range right there. Because even if, if you raised up the average, so say you increased the volume in your room, in the, on the receiver and you got your average up to 82. Okay. And this is what I've done this experiment too. Uh, so you'll take a stream and you increase the volume until you get to the same average that you would get on a physical disc. Right. And now a B that, and all you'll find is that the, the noise floor came up, everything comes up, but that difference, the quiet scenes from the, the, 
loud scenes remains pretty much the same. Everything gets elevated when you turn the volume up. So that that's your dynamic range. What you want, and Paul Hurt and I really went over this, is what you want is you want your quiet scenes to be, you know, really, really low and your loud scenes to be high. And then now your average for the entire scene will be obviously the average is in the middle. But depending on the scene, those numbers can be misleading. Because if you're watching, again, going back to the end game scene, the battle scene, the average on that might be 87, 90 dB because it doesn't get very quiet. Or the average on this movie might be a little bit higher or lower because it does, it, maybe it's not a very loud movie or it's this. But like, like Paul and I were saying, it's, it's that dialogue scene, a typical dialogue scene without any background noise. That should be at roughly 72 dB. Now, if your stream, is coming in a little lower than that, like 67, then you bump it up to 72. But those loud scenes aren't going to, they're going to be louder, but so is the quiet scene below it. And it's, that's what dynamic range is. The difference between your, your loud to your quiet. And like this pointed out here by doing that, I mean, just the numbers alone off of his little experiment here, you have 90, uh, a nine point difference in dB on, on a physical release. And then you have a four, uh, six point difference on a stream. And that, that's actually a lot. You know, that three dB is a, is a big difference between your quiet and your loud. So great job, Chris. Keep doing fun stuff like that, everybody. Just because it—that's how you learn, and you really get to experience exactly what's going on with these different things, and then you'll see that play out as you're sitting there watching like a full piece of content. Um, lots of fun, and like I said, I've been doing that for years. <laughs> um, PK. PK says, PK here. Thanks, DJ, for reading my series of questions. I'm really impressed about how you, how you spread the questions along the length of the show instead of reading them all at once. So, calibration with Chris Deering. Uh, thanks, PK. Um, yeah, no, I just, you know, it's, I mean, they were great questions and I wanted to keep the show going and keep things moving. And, um, but yeah, it's, Chris is great. Uh, so. It, it was a great show. If you haven't heard that one on, on YouTube, I, well, or at the Takeover Tuesday that I just did, it was last week's Takeover Tuesday, I believe, with Chris. Definitely check that out on calibration and why you should, why, why you might need one or also why you don't need one. Um, because it's, it's not that you need one, but maybe you're a person that, that would like one. And, uh, we go over uh, pretty much everything. Uh, let's see. Darth Choke 88 says Mystic River is one of the best in the genre. Then Penn did us did superb. Clint Eastwood exclamation point. Couldn't agree more. Darth Choke. Um, uh, Mikey Schramm. I love the I'll be back at the end. Uh, referring to an image that I put up at the end of the show now on the live stream. Um, link. Uh, this is uh, the Factnatics channel isn't working. Uh, it is now. So I take that opportunity to tell everybody about Factnatics again. Go to the, go to, uh, Brett's page on YouTube, Factnatics, uh, uh, at Factnatics 
on YouTube. And uh, they, we've got that one long live stream. It's almost, I think it is three hours. Three hours with a bunch of us sitting around chatting home theater. And then we get into some other stuff too. Um, at Brett's channel, uh, definitely subscribe to that one. Check that out. There's going to be a lot of great stuff coming over there. Um, and uh, I just, I just love what he's doing over there. Really, really do. So check that out. Uh, man, Brett can surely talk nonstop. He will give tough competition to Gramani in energy talk. Oh yeah. Brett and I can go for, we'll, we'll just keep on talking. Um, oh, another <laughs> up mix everything to Oro 3D, another one of those. And, uh, Darth Choke 8, that was from Miguel again. Um, Darth Choke 88, Gran Turismo, the last starfighter in real life. It, it kind of is, isn't it? It's like, it, that's the thing about watching, it's so, it, it's like every movie you've, you've seen. It's the same narrative. It's the same story arc. It's the Tom Cruise movies. It's all this, but it's real life. It's what happened to the guy. Um, it's a legit story. Um, uh, Joe Hotzel, 499. Thanks more. So I didn't even know you could do this, but a four ninety nine super chat he just bought in the comments. You don't even even have to be in the chat of that show. This came in after the show had aired, the live stream, the show last week's live stream. So thanks, Joe. Thanks for doing that. Thanks for showing me that it can be done. That was awesome. So you can just go and do a super chat there and five dollars super chat. More money to Movember. Thank you very much. And uh, I'm glad this, the last one, last, last comment of the month. Uh, this is Rizki Gumalar, Gumalar. I don't know if I'm saying that right, but that's at Rizki dash Gumalar says sad physical media is dead. <laughs> and that's sarcasm because he's commenting on our Oppenheimer, uh, um, the Oppenheimer video that we YouTube video we put out on Friday last week, which was our live stream as well. But uh, yeah, op sad Oppenheimer, sad physical media is dead. It isn't dead. It's not going anywhere. I'm not worried about it. The only thing that's going to ki kill physical media is better media, right? So worry about it. It's not going anywhere. Um, if you think physical media is dying, show me the evidence that it could because physical media has been going on since before most of you knew most of us knew what collecting was like i said earlier in the in this in this show laser collected before you could collect vhs because vhs was too expensive to collect but people were collecting laser discs and then they continued to collect laser discs and the physical media wasn't dead when laser discs died it got moved to dvd and it didn't die when DVD died, which still isn't dead. DVD is still going strong, if not stronger, than Blu-ray combined. I think last week, I think, was the first time that 4 beat out DVD in a while in the weekly poll that you see, the graphs of, of sales. So physical media isn't going anywhere. The only thing that's going to beat it is better media. And isn't that what we're all about anyways? So I don't pay attention to any of that. I don't even click on anybody that says physical media is dead because they're going for that headline. They're going for that click. That's all it is. They're probably 
five stars on their, their rating of it is five stars. They're telling you, here you go, physical media is dead, and they want to tell you why. Or they're telling you, hey, physical media is dead. Come listen to me tell you how it is or it isn't or whatever. No, that's no such thing. It's clickbait. And it's not going anywhere. And if you think it's going, show me the evidence in history that physical media died. And it's not going anywhere. because Unless media goes somewhere. That's the only way. You know, physical media might die someday, but I'm telling you, it's going to get replaced by better. And that very well could be streaming. And streaming could be better and should be eventually someday better. Because for all intents and purposes, physical media is severely limited by the disk space. They can only hold so much information there. But once you can open that up, to like even on streaming it doesn't matter if it's a 200 gigabyte file i'm just going to stream it anyways so make it bigger we just need the ability to get it on our end in its true form so physical dead media is not dead people have been saying for a long time movies are dying but yet we just had a big complaint one of the things that the artists were arguing over was how some movies are going just to streaming some movies are some movies are going to the theaters we're having this so and we all say like there's so much content out there right now we i don't even have time to take it all in but then you're going to tell me physical media is dead how, how's that how show me you can't it's not going anywhere. Media is not going anywhere. We love to be entertained with a few animals in the entire animal kingdom that actually entertain themselves with other animals. I don't see monkeys sitting around watching other monkeys. We do. <laughs> it's like, hey, dance for me. Okay. Started with that. And people are still acting on stage. People are still acting out. People are still playing music live. We love to be entertained. Physical media isn't going anywhere. And if it dies, it's dead because it got replaced by something that's better. And that's what we want. So I will end on that note. We'll go out on a high note there. So physical media is here to stay until we make it better. That's it. All right. I'll be back on the live show later today. Uh, in and then, um, well, before until then, thank you, everybody. Hope everybody had a great Thursday. Hope everybody had a great Thanksgiving. Um, rate, review, subscribe, sign up for Patreon. We're having two chats a month. Every other week we do a, a Zoom chat. Great conversations in there. We sit around, laugh, talk about home theater and anything and everything else. Um, so that that's the only perk. Really, um, on the Zoom, on the uh, Patreon chat, is you get access to that. Um, but it does help support the show. Um, all of this stuff does cost money, um, and in, and it's actually helping me now. I'm actually starting in the new year, pulling from. I've never taken money from from Patreon yet. It's all just sitting there piling up, um, piling up. It's a little pile, um, and I'll, I'll need to have. I do need support for the show going forward. Uh, things are getting expensive on the house. So that is greatly going to help. But it, at most, uh, everything other than that Zoom chat, everything's free. Um, if you can't support the show um, monetarily, just telling people, you guys are the best. That's how this podcast is growing. It's all through the listeners. It's all through you guys. I've told all my friends, I'm done. Steve's the same. John's the same. We're out of people to tell. 
you guys and that's how the show is growing and that's what we that's i i don't care about the money i care about like everybody having fun and finding a place to just have fun about the experience so all right that'll do it for this week i'll be back next week with another uh, another fun takeover tuesday and uh live show later today podcasts on fridays until uh till the next time you know what you gotta do go push play what he said hey fred this has been a hey fred production with theme music by jeff bernhardt and throne vault productions